0: Hello and welcome everybody to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Josiah, I'm one of the pastors here at Crosspoint. Um, always a pleasure to be with you and to dig into Scripture just a little bit. Um, we like to keep the episode short, you know, 20 minutes, give or take, and just look at context and a few other things to help arm you as a informed and disciplined and committed Bible reader, okay? So I hope that helps you in this way. And uh, you're welcome no matter where you are. I think if you're a new believer, you will definitely benefit from this. Some things may be like, whoa, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. Hey, write it down. Um, pen, you know, Write down anything you hear where you're like, I'm not familiar with that. Write it down and, and follow up on it, okay? The only way to read and, and learn the Bible is to just do it. Get in it. Be committed to it and don't stop. And ask good people, but more than anything, read it stay in it, go for it, cross-reference it. The One of the cheapest and easiest Bible study tools out there, and it's actually, to me, one of the most massively effective ones, is the uh, cross-references. If you don't know what that is, Google it. The, on your page, you'll have this little number come up after a verse, and then if you look down, and this is a lot of your Bibles, so a lot of them don't have it, but a lot of them do. And if you see the little number go over to the side or to the bottom, It'll basically be like, hey, this verse is very, it it covers something similar in this other verse, or this same idea is in here too, or this same word is used here too. Cross referencing. And when you do that enough, I mean, you'll be going all over your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and it's going to be one of the best things you ever did because the Bible is a coherent piece from Genesis to Revelation. And the more you know, uh, and, and the more you see the connections, and the more you see the overall story and and the overall picture that the Bible is, uh, the the deeper and deeper your understanding will go. Now you're thinking that'll take some time. You're right, it will. This is not an instant cure. There are no instant cures, and especially not when it comes to the Christian life or to the Bible. But. The more you see the story arc from Genesis to Revelation, the more you see the interconnectedness of uh, the Bible, the better. And one of the best ways you can do that is cross-references. Okay, I don't know why I got crazy on that for a minute, but I hope that helps somebody because I it's really, really helped me. Um, we go now to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. That's our verse for, the, for today. We're going to look at it in context and, and do a little application and see if we can see christ in the verse so first peter it's uh towards the back of your bible it's in the new testament after all of paul's letters are over okay so it's a quite a ways in there after the gospels and after paul's letters and uh first peter chapter 4 verse 16 reads like this yet if anyone suffers as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god in that name okay so a lot of interesting things here, all right? right. First, So first of all, just as a verse of the day, it's, it's encouraging, you know, if your family has got a problem with you because of your faith or your coworkers or friends give you some problems, or if you're just noticing that the, the greater culture you live in seems to kind of have a, a problem with uh, traditional Christianity, then this is already helping you because if you're suffering at all, you're thinking, okay, but still, um, I don't need to be ashamed but let him glorify God in that name. Another interesting thing um, about the word Christian, some of you guys may have heard this before, uh, but the long story short, it seems like it's very possible the word Christian was a derogatory, uh, a bad name, like it was supposed to make fun. Um, Like these people who think they're Christ, these Christians, Um, you can kind of look that up and, and look at the history of it. And I'm no scholar, but that's, I've heard that from several different sources that it's very possible that the word Christian was, in, was initially a slur. And yet if anyone suffers as, a, as one of these Christians, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in that name. Now, usually glorify God in the name is usually, you know, about God's name, glorifying in the name of God or in the name of Jesus. But what's interesting here is it, it from the context of the verse, it seems to be saying to glorify God in the name of Christian. The fact that you're being called one, you don't run from it. You glorify God in it. Like, thank God they're calling me a Christian. I am associated with Jesus enough to where some people feel it's necessary to persecute me. So pretty cool, you know. And it's it's just one of the few things you'll see when you pay just a little bit more attention to the scripture in front of you. Let them glorify God in that slur that they're calling you, <laughs> and then we know obviously that if it was a slur, it was based off of Christ, the promised one, the anointed one, Jesus the Christ. Uh, so it's a little bit of a double. Uh, Thing there. So let them glorify. They're calling you a name, but that name that's supposed to be a slur is associated with Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. So glorify God in that name. So pretty neat. And uh, the next, so if anybody, you know, picks on you because you're a Christian, there's a little bit of goodness there. But um, as usual, for one, this verse gets um, a lot deeper in, in what it teaches or what it could encourage us by just going up um, two verses. So verse 14, first, um, we're still in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, but verse 14 will just reinforce our verse of the day. So if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Look at that. You know, it's a part of that um, double, like, I don't know, like this paradox of following Christ because, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm a human being. I don't want people to insult me. I don't want to be persecuted. I want people to like me and I want to have a nice, peaceful life where I sip high end coffee and eat three meals a day and just have everybody like me. You know, <laughs> that's what I want. And so, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you guys are the same and in and, and, and much the same way. But if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. And, and I get that, I really do. I understand that because, but look at this: the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. That's so wild, man. So, if if you're if you're like me and you are trying to grow and you want to be a better Christian and you want to be deeper in God, then one of the ways is: are you being insulted for the name of Christ? Like, are you so different than the culture around you? Um, do you love the unlovable so much? Do you live a life of you know righteousness before God so well that people? insult you, then that's where the spirit of glory and God resting upon you comes from. So pretty wild. But then look at this from verse 15. This is a little more challenging to me. Okay. The first one was like, okay, maybe one day I'll get there. But 15 was this, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. That means people who cause trouble who get into other people's business. Let not, not you suffer for that. And that I have to admit, that's that hit a little bit more home to me because I like it when someone makes me feel like I might be persecuted. You know, I like to feel sorry for myself and I want to believe that my life is hard. But then as I look, I'm thinking, yeah, if my life is hard, it's more because of this sort of stuff from being a meddler than it is because of so much Christianity coming out of my life. And I'm not proud of that. I want to work on that, but uh, that's the challenge, and I think it adds a lot of power to this verse of the day. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. And then we have our verse of the day. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him uh, not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. But now look at seventeen. This this throws a okay. Why let him glorify God in that name? For You guys know from context that 17 then is based totally on 16. Four, it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And 18, and if the righteous is scarcely saved... What will become of the ungodly and the sinner nineteen therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So this context here kind of opens up a wide window on the Christian worldview of the world, which is this there is a world system or a worldview right now that appears to be winning. So in other words, it always seems like true believers in Christ are in the minority, and all around you the world is going in a different direction that has different values than Christianity, different values than the Bible. Bible, different values than Jesus, and it always seems like, you know, with with a few cool exceptions, but most of the time, people who aren't real followers of Christ are in charge. They have most of the stuff and the power and the money, and it makes you feel left out, like maybe God forgot about you. And yet here, we have this beautiful reminder of where God's at. So we're looking around and said, oh, man, it seems like unrighteousness is winning and all this. Uh, 17, though, brings us back to what, to what God's perspective is. It's time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So these people who are persecuting you or picking on you because you don't share their values and you seem so weird and alien to them and they like to make fun of you and they just feel weird around you and like to leave you out, you are undergoing, God is disciplining you and all of us, the church of Jesus Christ. He's disciplining us, growing us, shaping us and forming us into the people that he's always meant us to be. And that process, he's not going to stop. We know this from Ephesians and all, I mean, all through the Bible. He's in this process of growing us up into the full stature and nature of Christ. And when we're that way, when we are the bride of Christ without spot or wrinkle, it says Christ will return for us. That's the life plan that we're on, so why would we be worried about the world that looks on and doesn't understand the process and pokes fun at it? They don't understand, and we're not at a point in life where evil keeps winning and winning, and then that's it, and then you die. We're at a point in life where God is working with his people to make them who he wants them to be, and then he will deal with the rest of the world. Do you see that? It begins with the household of God. What will the outcome be? be to those who don't obey the gospel of god and if the righteous is scarcely saved what will become of the ungodly and sinner and 19 therefore let those who suffer according to god's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good we don't less than worrying about these people are picking on us we need to love them and have compassion on them we need to love them and bless them they don't understand what they're doing they're picking on you they're being mean but they don't even know what they're doing we need to be they're persecuting you but you need to be witnessing to them and I know that's easy for me to say. And I, at the beginning, I was transparent and honest. It's hard for me. I love my own ways and I want to be comfortable, but I do get this. When people are picking on you, you think, man, yeah, but they're lost. They live in the world and they're lost. I better witness them because I actually want them to be a part of the household of God. And in that way, that's the ultimate victory over persecution. If you're being picked on for a Christian, love the people who are persecuting you. And, and you'll get to see what I've seen and you, you've probably seen it too. A lot of people who start out as your enemies end up being your friends, and by that I mean a friend of Jesus Christ and and coming to be a believer. So, when you witness to and love those who persecute you, they usually see something they need. Okay. So anyway, um, just coming from a verse that was just a little bit encouraging for us, if we we're being per- picked on for being a Christian, it's so much deeper than that. All right. So First Peter, all in all, a very easy, you know, as far as yeah, as far as um, New Testament goes. Uh, Pretty easy to understand and very encouraging as Peter was writing it to a church that apparently was being persecuted for their faith. Um, It's a very encouraging and challenging uh, book in a good way, so I recommend it to you. So I hope this verse has helped you now. um, I think you can see pretty clearly where Christ can be seen in this verse. yes if anyone's yet yet if anyone suffers as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god in that name the bible says that the cross which was um, jesus's ultimate time of suffering was also his ultimate time of glory that's that's one of the central things about the gospel that makes it so beautiful and believable to me is who could make up something like that you know but when jesus is lifted up on the cross and is displayed as to the world as weak and defenseless It was at that time that he destroyed the power of sin, hell, and the grave. And you can't beat that. So as he was there dying, he laid down his life on purpose and obedience to God. And hell, sin, and the grave spent their fury on Jesus. And uh, he died and was in the grave for three days and rose again victorious. So at that time when he was being crucified, it was the ultimate display of weakness and sin of humanity, but it was at the same time, the exact same time and paradoxically, it was a display of the wisdom and the power of God and so he gloried in in the fact that they were they thought they were destroying him but in fact they were you know destroying the power of sin hell and the grave so um that's that's jesus christ Uh, he gloried in the fact that the world didn't understand him but the father did all right so as usual i wish there i had more time to there's so much more to say um but uh I just hope wherever you are, uh, this has blessed you and helped you and encouraged you. And I hope it keeps you in your scriptures and helps you understand God. And God sees you and he understands. Okay, so hope you tune in next time and uh, we'll, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.